0: along a chain-link fence, the scrubby banks of the Potomac just beyond. Roger's black S-class Mercedes was wedged between a white panel van and a battered Toyota. He stood for a moment, rummaged through his pockets, then turned abruptly. Damn, left the keys back in the restaurant. She grunted, annoyed, but not wanting to make a big deal out of it. You didn't bring yours, did you? Lauren shook her head. She rarely drove his Mercedes anyway. He was too fussy about his car. Check your pockets? He patted the pockets of his trench coat and his pants and suit jacket as if to prove it. Yeah, must have left them on the table in the restaurant when I took up my Blackberry. Sorry about that. Come on, we don't both have to go back. I'll wait here. A motorcycle blatted by from somewhere below. The white noise roar of trucks on the Whitehurst freeway overhead. I don't want you standing out here alone. I'll be fine, just hurry, okay? He hesitated, took a step toward her, then suddenly kissed her on the lips. I love you, he said. She stared at his back as he hustled across the street. It pleased her to hear that I love you, but she wasn't used to it, really. Roger Heller was a good husband and father, but not the most demonstrative of men. A distant shout, then raucous laughter, frat kids, probably Georgetown or GW a scuffing sound from the pavement behind her. She turned to look, felt a sudden gust of air, and a hand was clamped over her mouth. She tried to scream, but it was stifled beneath the large hand, and she struggled frantically, Roger so close, maybe a few hundred feet away by then, close enough to see what was happening to her, if only he'd turn around. Powerful arms had grabbed her from behind. She needed to get Roger's attention, but he obviously couldn't hear anything at that distance. The scuffling massed by the traffic sounds. Turn around, damn it, she thought. Good God, please turn around. Roger, she screamed, but it came out a pathetic mule. She smelled some kind of cheap cologne mixed with stale cigarette smoke. She tried to twist her body around to wrench free, but her arms were trapped, pinioned against the sides of her body, and she felt something cold and hard at her temple, and she heard a click. And then something struck the side of her head, a jagged lightning bolt of pain piercing her eyes. The foot, stomp on his foot, some half-remembered martial arts self-defense class from long ago. Stomp his instep, She jammed her left foot down hard, striking nothing, then kicked backwards, hit the Mercedes with a hollow metallic crunch. She tried to pivot and- Roger swiveled suddenly, alerted by the sound. He shouted, Lauren, raced back across the street. What the hell are you doing to her? He screamed. Why her? Something slammed against the back of her head. She tasted blood. She tried to make sense of what was going on, but she was falling backwards hurtling through space, and that was the last thing she remembered. Chapter One Los Angeles It was a dark and stormy night. Actually, it wasn't stormy, but it was dark and rainy and miserable and for LA, pretty damn cold. I stood in the drizzle at eleven o'clock at night, under the sickly yellow light from the high-pressure sodium lamps Wearing a fleece and jeans that were soaking wet, and good leather shoes that were in the process of getting destroyed. I'd had the shoes handmade in London for some ridiculous amount of money, and I made a mental note to bill my employer, Stoddard Associates, for the damage, just on general principle. I hadn't expected rain, though as a putatively high-powered international investigator with a reputation for being able to see around corners, I suppose I could have checked weather.com. That's the one, the man standing next to me grunted, pointing at a jet parked a few hundred feet away. He was wearing a long yellow rain slicker with a hood. He hadn't offered me one back in the office, and his face was concealed by shadows. All I could see was his bristly white mustache. Elwood Sawyer was the corporate security director of Argonne Express Cargo, a competitor of DHL and FedEx, though a lot smaller. He wasn't happy to see me, but I couldn't blame him. I didn't want to be here myself. My boss, Jay Stoddard, had sent me here at the last minute to handle an emergency for a new client I'd never heard of. An entire plane load of cargo had vanished sometime in the last 24 hours. Someone had cleaned out one of their planes at this small regional airport south of L.A.